Welcome to those forking fangirls where we talk all things nerdy, book, TV, movie, pop culture, fandoms, and how they integrate into our adult lives. I'm Christine. And I'm Natasha. And today we're going to be discussing our favorite romance book tropes and some of our least favorites, but a lot of our favorites and where we find them in movies, TV, books, and just having a grand old time digging into why we love the ones we love. It's going to be fun. (laughs) I love tropes. I love tropes, too. I mean, tropes are what makes the romance world go round. (laughs) We need the romance world. (laughs) So before we get into that, we are going to roll into our snap, crackle, pop culture news. Natasha, what have you got today? Okay, so um, a little bit more news in the ends with us. Okay, sounded sad. Okay. Okay. (laughs) You You, like, said something earlier, and you're like... Let's move on. I don't know what it is. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So it ends with us. This is filming in New York City right now. They just had a new casting announcement for Hassan Minaj. Um, Wait, he's, he's joined- in it? Yes, he's <gasps> in it. Where? Who is he? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is some half news. <laughs> right? I don't well, know. listen, I had. I had to fill the doc pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> okay. He's set well, to play Marshall, a successful tech entrepreneur and Lily Bloom's brother-in-law. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. Because his sister yeah. is Jenny Slate. Okay. She, I got it. She, aren't they in like in the same apartment complex, right? Like they're like above her. They might be. Yeah. They were definitely close because I remember mm-hmm. them going to see them a bunch. So. All right. All right. Yes. That's and cool. then we also we also got our first paparazzi photos of Atlas. Um and this actor why did I not write his name down? But he's he's he was in uh, <laughs> failing very today. professional with our snap crackle pop culture news. I'm about to give they you some Taylor Swift. No one knows his name. <laughs> so Atlas, um, he's the actor from nineteen twelve and I loved okay. him. In that show, like I only watched his bits because I, I just like. So you didn't watch the show. I didn't. Well, Alex watched the show. I was okay. just there. You were and sewing. Then I was sewing or on my phone, and then I looked up when he was on screen. I was like, "Oh, I looked up when I saw him." I, we no, met I know a lot of people the do television. this. Uh, but we got more paparazzi photos and um there's some really like they have this big embrace um mm. that looks swoony uh blake looks really cool in this one outfit which i feel like christine is gonna love oh i um, can't really see it from that picture i'm gonna have to google <laughs> i'll send you the post it's on entertainment weekly right. uh but anyways, I, I, uh, I'm very, I'm the first photos were just like, whoa, but definitely like she was not like the character was not in a good state of mind. Cause it's yeah. definitely reflecting within her wardrobe. Yeah. I saw another one with like a really baggy outfit and I was like, yeah, they're going for a mood here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, every time I see that guy that plays Atlas and I don't like see his face, I think it's Chris Pine. He has the same hair as Chris Pine. Yeah. I don't know what oh, it I is about his that. head. Yes, mm-hmm. it's like Chris Pine's head. <laughs> He's like a Chris Pine meets Scott Eastwood. 
All right. All right. I don't know who Scott Eastwood is, but I yes, trust you, you do. That. Who is Scott Eastwood? He's Clint Eastwood's son. How would he was I in know the, Clint Eastwood's son? He was in the Wildest Dreams um, music video. He did that one. Oh, what? Yeah, he did that Clint one movie. Clint Eastwood's son was in the Wildest Dreams music video? Yeah, he's an actor. Who else has he played other than her boyfriend in Wildest Dreams? <laughs> he was in a Nicholas Sparks movie, like lone star or he played the 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 cowboy who like wrangles lassos i don't know anyway okay cool (laughs) is he in yellowstone no okay all right so moving on our next news item is that taylor swift has now released a new version of Midnight's yet again. This is like <laughs> Midnight's all night long. Um, um, here, I'm going to get the technical name so we have one thing right. <laughs> Midnight's till dawn, till the till dawn edition. All right. And on this edition, we've got. Hits Different, which was on the Target Special Edition. They're like, three new songs. And I was like, Hits Different is not. It's exactly the opposite of a new song. We've had it since the beginning on the Target Exclusive Edition. We can just finally stream Hits Different, which is great. And Mm -hmm. then there is the Karma with Ice Spice edition, the Ice Spice edition of Karma. A new music video dropped last night for that. I don't know if you saw it yet, Natasha. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of green screen uh, and just like it was kind of like images, you know, when she's singing in the images and they were interesting visuals for sure. But I saw I saw a breakdown of it and it was like each different backdrop. They were like this backdrop is red. This backdrop is fearless. This backdrop is speak now. You know, they were saying that each different look was representing one of her eras, which Mm. I haven't analyzed it enough <laughs> to see that. But at the end of it, it, we focus in on a cup of like cappuccino or something. And the foam is in the shape of a clock. And the clock's about to strike midnight. Like like the air is almost done. Or oh. like the time is How is it almost now. done? We just got I don't started. know because we're gonna about to go into speak now. That's why I think she's saying. You've already had speak now, Era. No. The new one... <laughs> Speak uh, no Taylor's version. Theirs are way too short. I don't like them. I don't agree with this. Well, it's not over really midnight. I think she... Okay. So let me just talk about this midnight situation. So she was releasing a limited edition physical CD that was only going to be sold supposedly this weekend at East Rutherford, New Jersey, where all the shows are this weekend. And there's an extra track on that one called Losing Me, quote from the vault. Now, as soon as I see the name Losing Me and off that CD that's not on the physical CD is Glitch and Parish, the two big like I'm in love with Joe songs. And so they weren't going to be on the CD and in their place was going to be losing me, which I immediately knew was going to be a tragic breakup song. It's going to tell the story of things that happened. I was like, how could she do this? Only release it on a physical CD only available in New Jersey. Are you kidding? (laughs) 
Where are you from? Don't you have family? From it was like she was gonna leave it to me, but I wasn't gonna be there. I was very upset. But of course, come Friday, yesterday, um, right now as we're recording this, it leaked immediately, and it the song is so good and so sad. The bridge is just like punch you in the gut with a knife and twist it gut wrenching. (laughs) Like it is excellent i listened to it over and over and over and over again it says it's available for digital download now for 24 hours so you're gonna miss your window by the time that this comes out mm-hmm. but it is on all over the internet outside of that um yeah one of the lines in it is like i wouldn't marry me either i just i i mean i understand um, her like doing a an exclusive dvd i mean sorry cd kind of thing but like wouldn't she want to like release it out to the public so it's i don't know she's gonna release it out to the public but it was gonna be like i bet on a delay you know yeah but anyway that's out now you should listen to it and okay there's also on the streaming version the more lana version of snow on the beach and Mm -hmm. that version is so so good like I got goosebumps when she started to sing and the song just really floated up my list of rankings of uh, Midnight songs. It's very, very good with Lana on it. So highly recommend that version of Snow on the Beach. All I'm of just, a sudden it doesn't feel repetitive anymore. <laughs> I'm ex- I haven't listened to any of the new songs yet, <gasps> but I've been, I know, I've okay. been on the Lana kick after our last episode, so I'm... Get your Lana fix on Snow on the Beach more Lana version. (laughs) All right. So we are going to jump into what right now. But before we do, we have a quick word from our sponsors. Those Forking Fangirls is supported by Manta Sleep. Sleep is so important to your overall health and well-being, and it just gets harder as we get older and have more stressors in our everyday life. And what can really be helpful in getting a deep, mindful, more uninterrupted, restful sleep experience is a sleeping mask. And studies have shown that sleep masks can improve cognitive learning and alertness and really aid in getting an uninterrupted sleep experience. Um, so Mantis Sleep, they are all about the pro-nap movement. <clears throat> a nap, they found, is more effective than a cup of coffee. It's better for your health and energy levels. And what makes it easier to nap than a portable blackout curtain complete with razor-thin Bluetooth headphones, Mantis Sleep makes the world's best sleep mask. They provide 100% blackout for deeper sleep, and they're infinitely adjustable for personalized fit. They're made of soft, breathable materials and zero pressure on eyelids and lashes. Yeah, Natasha and I went on a trip last year where we could have really used our Mantis Sleep <laughs> sleeping masks. We were in a little hotel rooms sharing a bed and in Maine, falling asleep to our noises because we all fall asleep to our noises now, do yep. we not? We all do. And yep. so we had to pop in like AirPods to hear our noises separately and that sucks at a hotel. They hurt your ears. They fall out in the sheets and get lost. And had we had these beauties, we could have hooked the Bluetooth up to our phone, blacked out our 
Christine visions. puts it over her eyes. Stop talking. <laughs> and gotten peaceful, restful sleeps instead of me struggling with uh, an AirPod in one ear and um, an earplug in the other. <laughs> yes. Or she just asked me, she's like, can I just play this out loud? I'm like, sure. <laughs> this is so good for sharing different sleep spaces with lots of people. Mm -hmm. And um, the mask is specifically made uh, to help you sleep. It has a 20-hour 20 battery life, tabs for easy speaker adjustment, and there's no audible battery noises when it's dying, so it's not going to jolt you awake like your AirPods will be like... <laughs> when it's dying it does not do that <laughs> yes i like to go to sleep with my rain sounds or a, a deep sleep playlist and it's really helpful if you are in just different sleeping areas like if you have people over and you don't want to disrupt them with your sounds or you're just trying to fall asleep and not be awoken by screaming children or animals in the house you know yeah. you never know <laughs> anything disruptive so mm -hmm. If you are ready for a more restful, wonderful nap sleep experience, you can head to mantasleep.com using the link in our show notes, and you can use code FANGIRL for 10% off your first order. Woo! Woo! <laughs> All right. Moving on into what right now? Natasha, have you been reading this week? No. Me either. I've been writing. Woo. I've been sewing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What have you been watching? Not a lot either. So, um, Chris and I both watched the Mrs. Maisel finale last night. Series finale. Series finale. Of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, made by Amy Sherman Palladino, who made Gilmore Girls. She mm -hmm. really knocked it out of the park from start it was to finish. so perfect. It was perfect. I, I was just so proud of everyone, the characters, mm -hmm. the creators of the show, like mm -hmm. all the actors. It was literally from start to finish a perfect show and i mm -hmm. will be recommending it for the rest of time forever and ever and ever yeah it's on Amazon like prime the show i tell my kids about <laughs> like we have yeah. to watch the marvelous mrs mazel when you're older because she shows her boobs and cusses a lot but <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be like is this what life was like for you <laughs> Like, no, it takes place in the 60s. <laughs> I do. It's so fun because, well, we watched, well, never mind. It's so fun because we follow like a talent manager and I kind of have similarities to that because I am like a talent manager by night or by day. We also follow uh, a comedian on her journey. And yeah, and which is was in, so fascinating to me because I've never seen a show where we like follow someone who wants to work in stand up all the way through. Mm -hmm. And I loved that journey. And also just the idea that it's so almost almost frowned upon for her to be doing this. It's like for they're sure. moving from a time where like women are just wives into a time where like women are starting to like be have more independent careers. and have their own careers it's at the start of that really uh forward-thinking movement so there's still a lot of people that are like what are you doing go get remarried yeah, <laughs> yeah. um the series starts off with her husband leaving her so 
Yeah, that's what kind of sets the whole thing off. In motion. I'm going to rewatch. I'm so excited. I've already rewatched seasons one and two at least twice, but it's been a while. (laughs) Rachel Brosnahan, she's just so incredible. It's, I, she's just so, she's Midge Maisel to me. So anytime I see her in another role, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, uh, I want you and like your talk fast and your the way that she <laughs> talks, boys. Um, yeah. I do know she's up for a role um, for Lois Lane in um, the new Superman. So I, it's like her, between her and two other actors. I hope she gets it because I would love to see her in that. Yeah. Um, I also rewatched Bridgerton for like the millionth time while I was oh, sewing. Nice. Which season? Um, uh, I'm on season two, so we, re- we rewatched season one, mm-hmm. and it was the first time I've rewatched it since watching Queen Charlotte, and it just made the Queen Charlotte bits like more sad. <laughs> but yeah, heartfelt. there's a lot of uh, the king just showing yes. up randomly, which uh-huh. I don't remember at all. Me either, because it's just like, oh, well, we yeah. just want to see Daphne and Simon, um, yeah, but now I'm on paying attention. Now I'm on season two. It's just a good show to put on while I'm like, I've been sewing with a friend and it's just a good thing to put on and not really focus on it. Have it in the background. Yeah. Yeah. I watched the Yellow Jackets season two finale yesterday, Ugh, which it. is when it dropped. And it was so good. I was screeching by myself and like slapping the table because I was eating it. I was having lunch and I was just sat there afterward because I was like, I can't stop watching the finale episode to write. Like, I need to finish this. It's so excellent and so fucked up as usual, but I love it. (laughs) And I'm just so excited about Elijah Wood. It seems like he's going to be more in it more. He's in in the season this season and I love his character and I feel like we're going to be seeing him again in season three and I am fucking pumped (laughs) because I love him. And I also started watching Silo, which Natasha recommended last week or she also recommended the week before but she didn't get to talk about it on the show yet (laughs) no um naomi says that i'm so surprised you like yellow jackets because it's so dark you know i like dark shit i just don't like i don't like when it's scary uh and i don't find this scary um i i enjoy a dark (laughs) it just has to be like the different darknesses (laughs) well it's dark and it's also like kind of kitschy like with especially with the older characters like Mm-hmm. it's funny in at times it is especially very, the second it's, to it's last like a dark humor too the mm-hmm. whole thing yeah the whole everything has to kind of a dark mm-hmm. tongue-in-cheekness to it which i love what did you think about silo so i'm enjoying silo i am in episode three now so i'm excited to learn more it really gives me westworld vibes and i season one of westworld is like god tier for me mm-hmm. and i'm i yep. every time i hear the music in silo i'm brought right to westworld it really feels like and the the character that we're following like the sheriff kind of reminds me of the same vibe as the character we're following in westworld um the bt character like very oh. like like arthur learning. no no I don't remember his name, but he's he's in this similar position where he like doesn't know that he doesn't know things mm-hmm. and then he learns them. Mm-hmm. And it's like very similar vibes. <laughs> yes. Um, 
Naomi says, Shauna is me. I'm Shauna. I fucking love Shauna. <laughs> One of my neighbors has been watching Yellow Jackets because I talked about it so much. And she's like, oh, I just, she loves um, Shauna's best friend in season one, whose name <laughs> escapes me. And I was like, oh, she's like, I don't like Shauna. She's being so mean to her. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> she's the one who's been mean to, oh, Jackie, Jackie. Jackie. Yeah. Uh, she's very like a Jackie empathizer. <laughs> And not that I don't empathize with Jackie, but I definitely prefer Shauna. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, Yellow Jackets is really good. Silo is good. I feel like I don't, I don't know yet, like what's happening with Silo. So I'm excited to keep watching. Yes. Movies. Movies. What'd you watch? I guess what I saw. The Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid. I'm so excited. Uh, this movie has been like rolling out for the past five years. And I was uh, just, I don't know. I, w- I didn't have a lot of expectations. I was a little bit worried about the CGI going into it. And I just blown away. It is definitely the best live action adaptation of the Disney animated films. Um, Hallie Bailey is absolutely perfect. She is darling. She's so cute. She's just, and she, she's made Ariel her own. Like there wasn't, I mean, when I was watching it, I was just not even thinking of the animated film, but there are points when she literally sounds just like the animated film. And then, I mean, and her singing is so much better and not so much better there's it's hard to compare because they're so different but she's made it her own and the movie was so cute it was just so well done um there there are definitely a few i have a few bits here and there that i'm like i you know didn't love yeah and uh but all like all in all i was i was excited and elated coming out of that theater like i haven't felt that way in a while like coming out of a movie and just being like I just like wanted to scream and tell people to go watch it and like started listening to all the new songs that they have on the soundtrack. And I just, I thought Sebastian was going to be the weirdest fucking thing. And he was so great. David Diggs is so fun. So I'm really glad that that worked out. He is. And he has like so many fun new lines and little bits here and there. So, uh, yeah, it's the fun, nice little surprises. There are, there's definitely like a bunch of different things missing, but there's also new things. And I think it all really worked out. Oh my gosh. And Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. Fabulous. Just everyone, <laughs> everyone killed the roles. Even like Prince Eric, cause I'm such a Prince Eric girl. Like I love him. He was always Henry Cavill in my head. He's really cute. He's very much like Farmer George. <laughs> Like in a way, is Farmer George from Queen Charlotte. Uh, yeah, their energies are very similar. I thought you were referring to like Joe Schmo. Like I thought Farmer George was like another word like that. <laughs> yeah. All right, I see. Okay, cute. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to watch it once it comes on Disney Plus, which inevitably will be like a month from now. I feel like everything Probably. comes so fast. I know. I really want to watch it again. So I think I'm going to see it like Sunday night or something. Nice. Nice. I did not watch any movies this week. Uh, should we move on? Yes. All right. 
So we're going to move into our main discussion. But before we do, we need to take a second to thank all of you listening. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being here with us. If you don't already, we'd really appreciate if you follow the podcast for free in your favorite podcast listening app, or if you like the visual version, hello on youtube.com slash at those forking fangirls. Can you subscribe for free so that you get the videos every week once we release them and you don't miss an episode? That would be wonderful. Mm -hmm. We, of course, are still trying to spread the word about the pod. So if you know a friend that might like the pod, greatly appreciate you sharing with them or sharing on your socials. Telling a friend is a huge very great way to get the word out about the pod, leaving us a review on your favorite podcast app, Apple Music, or is it Apple Podcast? Apple Podcast. Podcast. Why can't I ever get this right? <laughs> iTunes, Apple Music. <laughs> um, on Spotify, you can rate five stars very easily, and that's super helpful to us. And if you want to support the show in a bigger way, we have a Patreon. We are a listener-supported show. That's why we can do this every week. Thanks to y'all listening and our Patreon community. We have three different tiers with lots of fun perks and our at our team jacob five dollar tier you get an extra half an hour show every single week where we dig deeper into the more personal aspects of different topics and that is called fangirl tea time and you get the show ad free and you can come record with us every week and hang mm -hmm. out in the chat it's a fun time and then We've got Team Edward, where you get an extra show every month. Team Polis Bananas, where you can be on the show. And like we take a, a listener on every month and have them as a special guest. And we also do fangirl bonding sessions over Zoom every, once a month, every month, where we hang out. And that's great. Fun times. So links to that are in our show notes. It's patreon.com slash thoseforkingfangirls if you want to check it out. All right. That was a really like, check it out. <laughs> But we really appreciate it, and um, we're so thankful for all our patrons. Thank y'all. Yes, please. We love you. <laughs> all right. Moving on to our main discussion, which I'm so excited to have a bookish topic this week. We are talking favorite and least favorite romance tropes. And we're going to start it off with what are your top three or favorite, top three or four favorite romance tropes and where have they shown up in books movies shows that you liked them the best all right okay all right kick us off okay uh, we have one that coincides maybe you want to talk about it together but it's at all the right. bottom of my list so we, i guess we okay. can probably pop around but it's the oh shit we're gonna start with this one <laughs> yes this uh, is not like a classic trope Fine. You want me to, I'll start with a classic one. All right. Let's start with a classic. We'll do two, number two. We'll do that one. Okay. So hate to love is a huge, that's the main one that everyone loves. Okay. I didn't, I remember figuring, I didn't know what romance tropes were. And then I started doing like those romance collective videos and people were like, hate to love friends to lovers, all that. And I was like, Oh, that's, they're called tropes. Okay. Didn't know that. <laughs> Um, then I started realizing that every book or pairing that I love is a hate to love. This is actually <laughs> number two on my list. Um, but some examples of that are Pride and Prejudice, which is like the ultimate number one. Um, just 
they're perfect. It's like perfect example of hate to love. Um, <clears throat> the Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren is I even a better example. Unhoneymooners. The Unhoneymooners is hate to love, and it's also I have it on my list as uh, proximity. Yes. Uh, like forced in the same proximity, so which I also love. One of my favorites. So I feel like we have the main trope, right? We have the hate to love. And then there's all these little small tropes that kind of bring the characters together. So the forced mm-hmm. proximity, um, like the jealousy type of thing, um, uh, the sharing of one bed. It's It's all kind of in that like hate to love, which is what makes those stories so good and yummy. Um, well, like I, those little tropes can be used in any other trope too. True. Like the the scenic tropes, like the plot tropes, and then there's the character tropes. Mm-hmm. That's how we divide them, I think. There, um, but yeah, they all come together in whatever you know concoction the author wants and makes a beautiful <laughs> romance. Yes. <laughs> And I like I don't know if you guys have experienced I mean probably most of us have but when we're reading something and there's there's something coming up like the author is concocting like they're just putting in their little cauldron and you're just like oh this is gonna be good like <laughs> you could just see it happening and you like, know you know it's gonna get there there's this moment at the beginning of yours truly where like the friend character is just like let me know when you get to your like one bed at the end trope because <laughs> It's gonna happen for you too, <laughs> and like they're they're just friends. But of course, you know when you hear that, you're like, oh shit, we are gonna get a great one bet at the end scene. <laughs> it mm-hmm. is gonna happen, and we fucking did. What a payoff! So, um, and also another, which is kind of I think what sold me on Hate to Love was my headcanon of Germione, <laughs> and. <laughs> uh so many fan fictions i've read that's just the basis like if if they're i won't read a fan fiction if, if it was like draco and hermione were friends when they were younger and i'm like fuck that shit no they hate each other that's the whole reason why i love them <laughs> yeah i mean hate to love is just really a core like very like it's hard to lo- it's hard to hate hate to love it's a core romance trope and it just because mm-hmm behind hate there is so much emotion there's so much passion and it is so fun to watch i love watching two characters yell at each other and then like like make out (laughs) yes i love making that happen in different scenes i love in bridgerton the queen charlotte season that just Mm -hmm. dropped they are so hate to love yeah. in a lot of different moments and their sex scenes were amazing like the chemistry was through the roof with that hate to love energy mm-hmm. <laughs> so fucking good so, so good. and we get that energy a little bit in uh book lovers too which i absolutely adore um and yeah like their nemesis is <laughs> Yes, I, and then Bee Tree too in the beginning, like it's it's there in a lot of different amazing romances, and it it creates a friction that is so yummy. Mm-hmm. Always. <laughs> All right, what about you, Christine? All right, I'm gonna start off with my favorite. Like, I cannot resist a second chance love story. Obviously, like again, but better second chance love. My own novel. Um, that's one of the tropes in there. But recently, 
I read, you know, Something Wilder is one of my favorite Christina Lawrence, and that is, like, big second chance love energy. Mm. I loved it so much. To all the boys I loved before is second chance love in a lot of ways because, like, she sends out these letters and then all of a sudden gets, like, chances at these crushes from her past to actually become a relationship absolutely love that it gives me so many feels <laughs> um sophia says happy place is second chance love i saw that come up when i googled because i was just like what else is second chance love that i'm missing i feel like that's not second chance to me because not enough time has passed between them even like they never fell out of love like they were just apart for like five months or six months or something. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like second chance. I want them to be apart for like ten years and then like see oh. each other again. <laughs> like like it happens at the very beginning and then you don't have to wait that long and then like no, they bump you bump into each skip, other. You skip to like yeah, ten skip. years later. Yeah, yes. that. Um, like or um, you know, like they they just met this one time and like it didn't work out, and then like they see each other on the street like five years later, and it's like, whoa, hi, <laughs> who I are mean, you now? Do we fall take, in love again? Hot take, but like this is definitely not my favorite trope. I don't Second know. Second chance I, love? No, it's not. I feel like I was scarred. Hold on, hold on. I feel like I was scarred through like fucking serendipity that movie. And That's not second chance love. They didn't even have love. There was nothing there yet. They it, just kept mm. being fated. I don't know. I just don't love it. I don't love the idea of it. Like I like some instances of it. No, I feel like you're thinking of the kind that they never actually get to be together and it's just like all working up to it. But like there's a lot of second no, no, chance no. love that's very much like so I, I enjoy the book, but it's not, like, the thing I'll reach into. It's, like, why, like, I won't, like, I know, like, you just said Happy Place doesn't really like it. But it's, like, I the fact that I, 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 that we maybe have seen them fall in love. Like, I don't get to see, if we don't get to see, like, that first bit and then, like, goes into the second bit. Sometimes it's not my favorite way that, but then, like, you did it with Again But Better and, like, we got to see, like, her feelings and all that and like I love that but sometimes authors don't do it well and I've just been scarred I'm like ugh I feel like I'm missing out on stuff well to be fair for happy place you do get to see them like that's true in the beginning too You're like right. it just it just told in different and like flashback like back and forth like two different it's not even flashbacks it's like different timelines that you're seeing um it's like real life and then my happy place because she goes to like these happy place memories because she's so stressed out and then we keep seeing like the the progression of maybe my thing is because i i don't love it so much because i i love seeing like a i love seeing it all unfold all at once i don't love a different timeline and i've never really been in like a relationship where like that's happened so i don't know I, um, I can see that. That's like, okay. That's also a reason like again, but better was confusing to like when I was trying to, um, to like when I was trying to get a publisher, you know, to, um, pick up the book. It was like, well, they don't get to that part to like the middle. And it's like, that's what makes it. <laughs> fun yeah that's what makes it fun so we can see it beginning you have to see the beginning to enjoy the second half uh that's what makes it so like 
you're so invested and that's why it's so much fun and the same thing yeah I, the same thing happened like people will be like the first half was kind of slow but then the second half was great and it's like if you didn't have the first half you wouldn't <laughs> like the second half yes exactly <laughs> and i think like, like you did it so well <laughs> and that's why i love your book so much but when, um, it, when, it, when it, it takes me a while to get me to like pick up something where i'm like oh it's second chance okay yeah <laughs> Well, did you love uh, 13 going on 30? And like 17 again? Those are both second chance low. Yes. I, I love 13 going on 30, another. not because of the love part, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> there are, I think, so there, there's, a, there's a situation here that I can expand more on, which is when maybe we'll get to this trope that you didn't want to talk about at first. All right. That, like, All right. Do you want to just move into our next trope, in love with brothers? Yes. <laughs> I am in love in, with in love with brothers. Like, I, I didn't even realize it. So until I think at the end of the summer, I turned pretty and I was like, I love this so much. This is both the brothers. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, I'm weirdly obsessed with, like, brothers loving the same character. Uh-huh. Me too. Like the summer I turned pretty. And then uh, the kissing booth. We had a little oh. bit of that. And I loved that first I movie. know. <laughs> <laughs> like the thing is, I also find it really endearing, like in Hamilton, how both sisters love Hamilton. Like I just think it's like such a hard situation with so much trauma mm -hmm. and like i a lot of people will be like ew how could she possibly like him and it's like it's a complicated situation and it's like no but she her sister's married to him and it's like yeah that's part of it she loves her sister so much that she is not going to step in but she still loves him like mm -hmm. it's it's so endearing and it's so it's it hurts like you it hurt. feel it's a for good them. hurt it's a it, good hurt <laughs> and uh well they also did it in bridgerton season two with kate oh yeah i loved it so much Me too oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even realize it until you just said it yeah oh my god like the siblings loving the same person is so gut-wrenching and so fun to watch like yeah. I want to write that trope one day. <laughs> yes, uh, and uh, Caitlin's been saying obviously Vampire Diaries, which is what Christine uh, has that's what inspired this first. Yeah. yeah, my first thing was like Vampire Diaries, David Stefan. Well, <laughs> I'm obsessed. The Vampire Diaries is one of the only I think pieces of media that I actually understand the love triangle aspect because it has so much time to expand on both of their relationships. Understand? I just don't love the love triangle um there's also another book series that which i was hugely obsessed with called paper princess and it was something i had told people very very early on in the days to read and that's not necessarily brother jealousy there's also i i'm like really big into like um like oh there was this other i couldn't think of this last this book last night but it's when 
like a girl or like a, a close like a friend is orphaned or something she has to come live with a family and there's all boys um in that kind of situation and then like it starts, a fish out of water yeah sort of like and it's like forced proximity forks yeah and um she's having like she has a crush on like one boy then maybe like some of them all have crushes but then there's also like these really like endearing moments because maybe some of the siblings are really young and like you're having you see her like working together with them and um and then there's like usually two two of the brothers that have a crush on her and i don't know i love that type of situation like there's so many men that love her <laughs> yes <laughs> Caitlin says having sister I will say I can't imagine being into the same guy laugh my ass off or being into my boyfriend's brother boyfriend's brother boyfriend's brother but you're with your boyfriend oh 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 no her boyfriend's brother because of the two brothers situation oh oh like your your siblings boyfriend's brother I mean like I that I can definitely see that happening especially if you're in close in age like like okay also this happens in i uh, the to all the boys i loved before which i didn't realize i started rewatching it last night and lara jean is secretly kind of in love with her oh, neighbor yeah. who her sister is dating for two years and then but she talks about in the very beginning she's like we were friends before they started going out and then like i became like a third wheel and now Margot broke up with him and then the letters get sent out and he has one of her letters. Yeah. Oof. I yeah, see this- and she's like, I love Margot. I'm happy for them. I but like it's weird. Yeah. It it's it's happened to me with my best friend where like we've both been into like the same guy and then they've never been into me. So it's like that's probably why I really like the trope so much. Yeah, I mean, and I could, like, see it happen. Like, I'm not, like, oh, this is impossible. I could definitely see where that could happen. I've never been in a situation <laughs> where it happened, but I love the trope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just love Damon, the Damon, Steph, and Elena dynamic so much. I, I can't, I, I literally, if anything comes up, like, favorite ship, my first thought is Damon Salvatore. <laughs> um okay what's next on your list okay i have marriage of convenience why does it say conversation i you it said that last night when i read what you wrote i was like marriage of conversation (laughs) (laughs) marriage this is my i was gonna change it but i was on my phone so it's hard um this is my number one so i thought okay so marriage of convenience usually has to have a little bit of hate to love or there's like a friends to lovers type of situation where um like the main character and the love interest kind of have some tension but like they have to get married okay more specifically i really love when this is like in a fantasy type of situation and the bride is trained to kill the groom and what? Ha- yes <laughs> what do you mean the 
bride is trained to kill the groom. So, like, it's used in a situation where, like, okay, well, these two are going to get married because their their countries are at war and to only bring them peace is to get married. But then she, behind the scenes, is like, well, we're going to kill him and I'm going to take over the whole thing. But then they end up, like, falling in love with each other. Uh, this reminds me of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Well, it's God tier. So, <laughs> I mean, Mr. Um, and Mrs. Smith feels very similar, too. I think it's working <laughs> off of that trope. Sophia says this is so specific to Tasha. It is so specific. You I know, have read a book like that, but like the romance wasn't a strong part of it. Yes, and I feel like they it has not been done well. Um, I, at least what I have read until I've I've read fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, very hold on. This is very specific in the Raylo verse. Um, my oh. favorite fan fiction from that. Um, uh, pairing is landscape with the blur of conquerors i talked about it earlier this year it's becoming a book it's becoming the hurricane wars um it is so good so i am uh, yes i love it uh you didn't mention the proposal but that is hold on I'm, i haven't gotten there yet oh okay. i was going I off my you... very specific you're you're jumping around in your little thing so i'm sorry it's <laughs> getting confused um also marriage of convenience is in one of my other favorite like down to earth sports uh sports sports romance books i'm a big <laughs> sports romance book person uh the wall of winnipeg and me by Mar- Mar- mariana zapata is one of my oh, favorite books of all time okay it's a marriage of convenience story she is his secretary and he's just like this grump and so she kind of there's a lot of tropes in this one um then the proposal is one of my faves and I will rewatch all the time and they hate yep. each other. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's great. Yes. And then Christina Lauren is a uh, roomies. I think. Yeah. Cause he is, he's from Ireland and they have to get married. Yes. They're in their roommates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were roommates. Yep. 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 Uh, so this isn't my favorite. I don't really love marriage of conversation. <laughs> That's what we're calling it now. Now I can't think of the word. Convenience. Convenience. <laughs> um, but I do love the proposal. But I have this further down, but we're talking about it now. But So there's a marriage of convenience in Chain of Iron. And I love the marriage of convenience, but yeah. also I hate it. Because like, it takes so long to get out of the idea that it's not real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'm like, no, you guys just love each other. Fuck off. Stop this. <laughs> Miscommunication city. Yeah, um, I, the, my, yeah, my biggest thing is the whole miscommunication, like having to be like fake, but not this. That's why I love the whole fantasy aspect of it, because it's not really about like being about a fake marriage but about like bringing two characters together and like they have to be together um, for like the good of their countries or something yeah having an external drive there Mm -hmm. is a big difference in how the dynamic Mm -hmm. is but like the proposal the first time i watched the proposal i didn't like it and like i don't remember why if i was just not in the mood but i didn't find it funny and now I've watched it over and over again since, and I enjoy it so much. 
I don't know what it was. I don't think maybe I just didn't used to like hate to love when I was younger. I didn't like get it. I don't you, know. You didn't though, because you, I, yeah, it, it took you a while to really like it. Like what? What other instance do you remember me not liking it? You hate Pride and Prejudice. Oh yeah. Well, I still don't like them. <laughs> He's so annoying. <laughs> But I do like it, like, with Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> like, he's, like, funny. He has to be funny, yeah. <laughs> I can't just have, like, a guy being a dick and her being, like, you know, liking him. I need it to be, like, a funny dick. <laughs> well, also, I think you, you started really, I think, liking it when you read The Unhoneymooners as well. Because well, that was also funny. Yes, that was very funny. But I feel like there was other ones before then because that wasn't until, like, 2016. Did um, you read The Hating Game? I did not. I saw the movie, though. Oh, yeah. Well, the movie sounds good. <laughs> I'm trying book. to think the first time. I mean, there's definitely, like, fantasy characters that have been hate to love that I've enjoyed. Like, even Damon and Elena are hate to oh. love. Yeah. I love them. I'm obsessed with them. <laughs> I forgot about them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, I've, it's really grown on me and if done right, I like the marriage of conversation, but like if it's drawn out, I can't deal with it. I mean, I was so fucking annoyed with the chain of iron too, with the Cordelia and James. I was like this, I thought this was going to be great. It's my favorite fucking trope. And then this, all this (laughs) takes too long. I know. I was so excited about it in the moment. And then I was like, no, (laughs) I can't. (laughs) All right. Um, Is it my turn or your turn? Your turn. All right. Next on my list, I have anonymous emailing slash letter sending. (laughs) So like, you've got mail. I fucking love this catfish emailing love story. so much and then like simon versus the homo sapiens agenda like they don't know who each other are but they're finding solace in their emails back and Mm -hmm. forth uh red white and royal blue like they know who each other are but they're just long distance and they're emailing like i love letters i love them so much i'm obsessed with letters and yours truly there's a whole letter sending thing because of the social anxiety like my heart it's so fun when they can't like immediately converse back and forth and they have to like write it all down and send it off which is why like maybe i find myself writing fucking letter texts all the time when i'm like on (laughs) i there's an uh there's a spoiler alert by olivia dade which is like the plus size she makes does all those plus size romances and it's like when they're they're two fan fiction writers and they don't know that like they talk all the time but they don't know who each other are in real life and it's so good oh it's just like a cinderella story with hillary duff too yes yes so cute the chad is in that movie the chad (laughs) (laughs) all right what's next for you Okay. Do you like, how do you feel about anonymous emailing letters? Oh, I love them. Yes. So fun. I like specifically, here, I guess I'm just going to get really specific in this episode. Specific, <laughs> I specifically like. Specifically, I like it when, when they, they're in the basement. When, <laughs> yes. When they know each other in real life, but they're different personas via the oh, email yes. or the oh, online. Yes. That's like Geekerella too. Yes. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, though that's like that's also I like when they're they just don't know who each other are, but we know that they know each other in real life too. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Yeah. And then oh, mail. and then it's like someone that they don't like, obviously, uh from You've Got Mail and like Yes. It's gonna ultimately that's end hate up. to love too. <laughs> oh man you've got mail is so good like i just saw they were re-watching it and they were watching it in ted lasso and i granted rewatched it like two months ago i told you all about it i was like crying and it was so emotional mm-hmm. <laughs> i was watching them watch it and i was like i'm so jealous that they're all watching you've got mail together <laughs> i need to watch it again Okay, but have you have you read a book where it's just all letters and it's like all written forms? I don't want all written forms. Yes, I have I, like like those Anastasia books back in the day. Well, I love Rosie was written that way. Fucking oh, hate that. I hate. I that. don't want all letters. Like I want to interact. Mm-hmm. Naomi says that. Thank you for listening. By Julia Whelan is her favorite letter romance book. Okay, I've been seeing that all around and I haven't read it yet. And Julia Whelan, obviously, I'm sure does the audiobook because she's the best audiobook the narrator. Best. She's amazing. So I need to get that audiobook. Hmm. Good to know. <laughs> Sometimes I've I've liked it just because like we just get basically dialogue for the entire book, but it's hard. I don't know. Okay, my next all one. Right. What's next for you? Is Faded Mates. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Specifically. (laughs) When. Okay. There's two things I really like in Faded Mates. This is also for Raylo as well. Because they're two forces in. They're two. Like it's a bond formed in the force. When they can talk to each other. (laughs) (laughs) Through a bond. Sorry, yeah. when I when I watched The Last Jedi and I knew what was gonna happen, I was like, oh me yes. too. That's why I liked Star Wars for a hot second. <laughs> Their romance and everyone like I would talk to would be like, ew, that's not gonna happen. And I'm like, no, you don't know anything. No. I know it's gonna happen. <laughs> like, maybe you've never read a romance novel. <laughs> like, you don't see the signs. So obviously it's done in Akatar as well. Akatar, so Akamath, really, Akamath, but it starts yeah. in Akatar, um, which has been really fun rereading it and being like, oh wait, is this this is it? Yes. And I love like writing characters that way. Like I tend to do that, like that they were like kind of fated because I love like the universe and fate. Like yes. that also happens in um, that Becky Albatarly, Adam Silvera. What if it's us? Has it like a big touch of like. Fate and like the universe and it's, I love it it's so at the end when it like comes together of like why they're meant to be together it's just so beautiful and you're just like mm, my heart yes, yes this is the reason why they're together um <laughs> it's also in blood and ash by jennifer l armentrout which is one of the reasons why i really and that started off with like really bad hate to love like really good bad hate to love <laughs> um like it, yeah it was oh my god warner in um uh the taramafi series um ignite me i never also hate to love i never read all of those i think i only read the first one 
Um, the second and third are the best ones. I mean, the best was the third one. Um, but anyway, I was going to say, yeah, I love putting the fate. The fate thing is so fun. And like, that's definitely an again, but better too. Like, I think all my books have like the fate. <laughs> I, I read somewhere. Yeah. I read somewhere that Outlander, like Jamie and Claire are like fated yes, mates because they find they each are. other. I mean, yeah, yes. they are. Yeah. They find each other they are. through time, which is mm-hmm. so beautiful. They are fated mates. <laughs> But I do, I love the the fantasy version of Faded Mates where mm-hmm. it's like this bond that like snaps into place yeah. and imprinting. <laughs> oh, well, Jacob is Faded Mates with Bella's eggs. <laughs> I, yeah, that's one, that's one I don't love. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it for comedy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I enjoy it in the real life contemporary novels and in fantasy. I think it's so fun everywhere. Like this ties into another one of mine. Is there any other angle that you want to talk about on this before I like tie it into another trope? Okay. So it ties into one of my favorite tropes, like the we met one day and really fell for each other. Yeah. And then like either like see each other in a year on the same day, the night, like yes. November 9th. I pretended, I mean, not pretended. I haven't talked about November 9th in a while because there was like a weird controversy and I just didn't want people yelling at me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it was one line and Colleen Hoover went in and changed the line. Yes. <laughs> I like, didn't even register that one line. Anyway, I love that book so much. And yeah, uh, obsessed with November 9th and they meet every year on the same day. And you see that day every year and you don't see anything else. And it's so good. I loved it before sunrise. Yes. Obsessed with it. I'm obsessed. I have not watched those movies. You need to show them to me. I'm worried that like, I don't want it. I'm okay. I never talk about these movies because I love them so much that I'm almost like, I don't want anyone to watch them and not like them. So I'm just going to keep them as mine. So (laughs) I understand that because I did that with Pride and Prejudice with my friend Courtney and she did not like them. And I was like, "Mm -hmm." hurt. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I can't, I can't deal with that. But like Gail Foreman's just one day and like, I, I just love the concept of like them fall because people do have these amazing magic days and then like it puts mm-hmm. an imprint on you forever and to see it like follow through just one day she spends like the rest of the book trying to hunt down this guy that she met this one day on vacation. <laughs> this is very um, much like Little Mermaid. <laughs> well, Little Mermaid, they never talk. Well, she saves him. There's a whole evening where she's like watching him and then she saves him. And then he's like, who is this person? And like tries to go after her and find her. (laughs) I see. But like then they find her and they don't speak. Yeah. And then it's so sad because it's like she's right there. She's right there. (laughs) That's why it's so good. All right, so in just one day, so she had they have this amazing day, and it's not really about the guy so much, like throughout the rest of the book. Like, we want to find him so bad, but like she has to go through all these lengths to find him, and in that find trying to find him, she finds herself and like she grows so much. I love that. I I love like the growth through the love like happening. Um, and like it ends spoiler i mean i don't know if anyone's gonna read just one day it's like fast forward 30 seconds but like she finds him like she knocks on his door he opens it and the book ends oh like 
so we have the day we have like her spending this whole book like meeting new people hunting them down through europe and then like she finds him knocks on the door and then the fucking book ends now i i made a whole like video with gail like a sketch where i like hunt her down i'm like you have to give us one more chapter like how dare we spend the whole book trying to hunt down this guy she's like in love with mm. and then they don't even get to talk but then she gave us just one afternoon no just one night just one mm. night and we got to see their night together that's great okay that's great the, your sketches with gail are now i'm understanding Coming them back. more <laughs> yes <clears throat> yes yes so anyway i fucking love that like they both die at the end is that too like they fall in love through this one day and it's mm. fucking beautiful tragic sad beautiful tragic <laughs> those are taylor swift reference yes um but anyway that is that even on my list i think it yeah i did yeah, okay one did. amazing day okay did you go through all of them yet i have one more but okay did you i go have one more quickly okay, go i'm ahead. gonna say so grumpy sunshine is one of my favorite tropes of like character trope wise and i was reminded of this because i the other night i saw a tiktok of um arrow with oliver and felicity who were like one of my favorite pairings back in the day because she's so sunshine and he's such a grump Where, what are they from arrow the tv show green arrow oh, oh okay i thought someone's name was arrow i thought i was thinking twilight arrow no and uh i, I couldn't think of and there's, it's also in the love hypothesis as well but that's more of like a fake dating type of situation but it's the whole grumpy sunshine thing i just it's my favorite like yeah character. that's um People who meet on vacation is also grumpy sunshine hardcore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, was there more on that? No, I forgot to write more things down. Okay. Yeah. Grumpy sunshine. You see that everywhere. I feel like it goes, it kind of sometimes will go hand in hand with hate to love mm -hmm. um, because one character will sometimes be really bubbly and the other character is like really annoyed all the time. <laughs> They're so <Yep>. bubbly <laughs> and it feeds into each other. Yes, it does. Um, my last favorite on here is a controversial because <laughs> a lot of people love to hate a love triangle, but like when a love triangle is done, right, <laughs> it's my favorite thing. Like the clockwork angel series, fucking amazing. Like the mm -hmm. best love triangle ever of all time. Jem, Will and Tessa, yeah. like, come on. And like, I love in the throne of glass series having like a love triangle and then a love quadrangle like i love that i enjoy it so much being like team gail team dorian team rowan like it's so fun mm. to have those different uh like almost like choices that you it's like choose your own adventure love interest <laughs> Um, and I just love the, the debates it sparks within fandom, like the fun debates, not like the mean ones. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. And if, I mean, if it's done well, if it's done it. well, it's good. Mm -hmm. It just ha can't be annoying. And there has to be like good it has reasons. To be, they both have to be viable love interests. Like they both have to be like great in their own respect so that you can like both of them. And they both have to kind of respect each other mm -hmm. and they both have to like love the love interest. And like when they mm -hmm. all love each other, 
It's the best. That's also why brothers and sisters make the best love triangles because Very they true. all care about each other. As mm -hmm. much as Damon says he hates Stefan, he fucking loves him. He's his brother. And as much as Stefan hates Damon, same thing. They're rooting for each other. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing and it makes such good drama. Caitlin says throwing a glass made it feel real that you don't just find the one with the first person that can take multiple people, which I feel like, yes, is very true. Yeah. Sarah is very good at that because it's always just the one. Well, it, yeah, I mean, you see that a lot in young adult books, um, but like in a lot of romance novels, like you're not, this isn't their first romp relationship sort true. of situation. I um, guess we don't but, see it a lot in fantasy novels. Yeah, in fantasy novels, we see, I guess, a lot of, like, the snap-into-place faded bond <laughs> situation. Well, even um, Akatar, like, she fell in love with Tamlin. Yeah, but um, that's that's Sarah's thing. She loves that trope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she loves the, like, the first love ha -ha, isn't gotcha. necessarily your love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, all right. Shall we move into what's your least favorite romance trope and why? Like, where was it done poorly that it scarred you? And was it done well somewhere? And do you, like, feel better about it now? I feel like we just talked about this, but mine is the love triangle because I was scarred. <laughs> yes. I was scarred with Twilight and the Hunger Games. So the Hunger Games was not a real love triangle. They just use it for marketing. I, feel I know, like. but, like, they, they did kiss and all that. Like, it, like there were, there were feelings. Yeah, but it was just such a small plot point. Like, I just was like, this isn't going to happen. It was, I didn't believe it ever. Did you? Like, no. Like, I feel like to be a love triangle, you have to actually think that there's like a viable relationship. Well, do you think viable, like Twilight was viable? Yes, because he was gone yeah. for so long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like. When he's back, it doesn't make sense. When he's anymore. back, I'm like, it's never gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, never. And she even says, she's like, "Don't make me choose. It's not gonna be you." <laughs> <laughs> like that love triangle, though. Both those love triangles feel like they were made for marketing purposes. Like, of course, uh, Jacob was the first to really use it for marketing, and it was genius that they did that. Like with the book, they handed out like Team Jacob, Team Edwards. And that had never really been done before. It was like being done with like celebrities, but like no book had been like, here, let's, let's market this by like putting people on teams. Mm -hmm. And that was fucking genius. And then they tried to recreate it with books that weren't about the same thing. Like this was a romance, the Twilight books, but like the Hunger Games, no, <laughs> it was not a romance book. <laughs> Yes, I I, I do a political thriller dystopian. <laughs> um, I do have another one which I just realized when I talked about Love Rosie, because mm -hmm. it's very frustrating. Which I, it, I guess this kind of is yours. So why don't you talk about yours yeah. and then I'll go into this. All right, yeah, that is mine. Okay, mm -hmm. so mine, like my least favorite trope, tends to be friends to lovers because it takes so fucking long. I get so frustrated by it and so many times by the by the time they like find themselves they realize they're both in love with each other it's the end and then we yep. don't get any of the parts mm. where they're together mm. and I hate that like I want to yes. see them interacting like in a romantic way throughout the story mm -hmm. 
not just being like, oh, does he like me? I don't know. I like her. Does she like me? Yeah. And like they never realize that they both love each other. Like, stop. Yeah, that 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 is so perfectly displayed and how frustrating that is in Love, Rosie, because they've been like friends since they were young. And then there's so many different times where like she wants to say something, but she doesn't know. And she and she gets pregnant by another guy. And then it's like her oh. whole life has changed. And it just like takes years, like 15 years from the point of the beginning of the movie to the end when like he realizes like they both get married oh it's so frustrating <laughs> yeah it is it's infuriating um and so it was done really well and people we meet on vacation so like that has softened me to this yes. and also like i had since watched hair when harry met sally as like an adult and really mm -hmm. enjoyed it because i don't you have to be like prepared i think going in to, to appreciate the book in a different way and the story in a different way. So the first time I, went, I watched When Harry Met Sally, I'm told it's a rom-com, and I'm like, no, this is not a rom-com. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think this is also one of the first times I saw, like, a really hate-to-love beginning, and I was like, he's such an asshole. Yeah, I didn't like it the first time I saw it. I was like, why is he such a dick? <laughs> um <laughs> and um i like just couldn't get into it but i watched it again obviously like a couple years ago and loved it and i just bought it because i want to rewatch it on amazon they didn't have it on any streamers i wanted to watch it like three nights ago and i was like where the fuck is it uh, like it used to Netflix? be streaming no it's nowhere and so i had to buy it for 4.99 <laughs> on amazon <laughs> anyway yeah there's simon and clary like in fantasy books, I tend to hate the friends to lovers because it's usually not the real, mm -hmm. like, what's going to be the end game. Like, Simon and Clary, I was like, mm -hmm. ah. And then Jacob and Bella, when I was reading it the first time, I was like, ah. Mm -hmm. When I read it for, like, the fifth time, I was like, oh, I'd be interested to see how this would go. <laughs> but we don't get to see how it would go. So, You know what's another good example of the one day is the holiday? <gasps> yes. <laughs> Sorry. I love the holiday. All right. Moving All right. on to moving rank on. these tropes from favorite to oh, least yeah. fave. We're going to rank some of these tropes. Okay. So we have here like, oh, I guess we don't have to give like what we have. We could just rank them. All right. Mm -hmm. So what, um, I don't know. Do we have to? Okay. Why don't okay, we just these... work off of what we'll just go down yours and I'll tell you where mine is. Okay. 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 So at the bottom of my like six tropes that I've ranked here, I have the social status, yeah. like poor rich, that sort of a thing, or like prince and like a peasant. <laughs> what a, I, I have this. So there's six, we have six tropes here that we're ranking. I have this as number five and I really okay. only like this when it's in like a high school type of romance, when there's like a popular, popular. kid mm -hmm. likes, um, more of a debt, like, you know, not so popular kid, like the quiet um, person. Yes. And there's like a, uh, yeah, there's that hierarchy there in like the social status yeah. of being in high school. I, I really love this in one tree hill. Um, uh, I can't even remember. They get married. Uh, like, I can't even remember wh what they, but um, it's, it's also in like To All the Boys I Loved Before. And so mm -hmm. I do like that when it's in the like school, like high school specifically. Yeah. But like Ever After, 
actually. I like it there. Oh, yeah, I do like that. Yeah, but, like, it's not because I like that. I just like their romance. I like her a lot. I don't love that he's, like, the prince. I do. I think I, I do like the, 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 the prince and, and it's, like, the little mermaid. It's Cinderella. Uh, I kind of like it. I do. I don't love it, but, like, yeah. I do like it in Ever After. I love Ever After. My bottom <laughs> one is Forbidden Love like yeah i'm not a huge fan i like twilight was the the one and only yeah there's i uh there is i'm trying to think of uh, of others romeo and juliet duh uh it's just so frustrating i hate romeo and juliet like they just die it's just like this family it's it's so dumb because forbidden love is just like social construct like the reason why they can't be together is because usually families um different lands or countries you know, are feuding yeah you know who does this really well though actually mm. i just realized a part of your world yeah you're right <laughs> is it for part of your world, world or really is it like a it, it it kind of is because she's like I can't be with him like, and you can you understand where she's coming from, because they're like their social circles are so different, and she knows that he won't be accepted into hers. Uh, and it always feels stupid everywhere else. But when I was reading that, I like really empathized with her, and I was like, wow, yeah, that's part true. of your role is really good. She really uses a lot of tropes that I don't usually like and make mm-hmm. me love them well forbidden love is also used in like a cheating type of way too so if it's like if someone's married or with somebody else that's why i don't like that probably you can i guess you can use it in so many different ways Mm -hmm. and like you have to be specific about the ones you don't like yes (laughs) um all right let's move on to the next one i have that at number four here the star-crossed forbidden love the next one, though, is at my number three, and that's Forced Proximity, which I love. We already talked about it. The Unhoneymooners. That's number one for you. Wait, isn't Marriage and Convenience number five for you? Oh, yeah. I forgot to even talk about that one because we already talked about it. <laughs> yeah, my my, my most favorite is her, like, second to last. Oh, well, you have forced proximity as your number one. I do have forced proximity. Yes, because this is what I love most, I think, in a uh, marriage like a, is convenient. A, a marriage is convenient. Forced to be proximity. Hate to, other, yeah. Hey, yeah, hate to love type of thing. Um, I, I wrote down here neighbors, or the witches in like Beach Read. Lola, um, boy next door. Yeah, boy next door type of situation. I, I love a forced proximity. Yes, yes, I love too. I love that too. Just uh, let me be with them in the room and they have to love me. <laughs> <laughs> and then like fake dating is the last one on here that we haven't really talked about, which I love. I I, dis- I have so much fun while it's happening. And then I get frustrated just like the marriage mm-hmm. of convenience if it goes on too long and they don't realize <laughs> that they like each other. Yeah, I, and like I, the thing with the thing with fake dating and also marriage and convenience is like something has to 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 give. And like yes, it, it, you always sooner rather than later. Sooner rather than later, and you always know like it's gonna happen. So that's one of my I think the the my least favorite parts of 
that trope is because you know it has to happen for them to move on to the next step and to like actually share their feelings. It's interesting when it can when it doesn't have to have that and maybe the author takes it or the writer takes it in a different direction and it kind of surprises you. Um, so I have that as number three. I put the love hypothesis down because that was fake dating. Hmm. I put uh, yours truly because we've got some fun <laughs> fake dating in there. I like when the fake dating um, is supplemented with like accidental physical stuff. <laughs> yes. Uh. And, yes. And then because that will hold you over because they'll be like, oh, that wasn't like they were just, I don't know, caught up in a moment or something. <laughs> I originally I put down the court of nightmares in Akamath, which is not fake dating. It's not fake, yeah, but it is fake because they have <laughs> to put it on is a show. Really sexy, yeah, but like they know they like each other at that point, right? Like, mm-hmm. aren't they together? <laughs> yeah, uh, they've already done the soup can. <laughs> I don't remember anything from that book, so I've soup can. Uh, you don't remember the soup can? It's no. the mating ritual. You have to give him food. And she's like, do you want some soup? Oh. <laughs> and he's like, the mating ritual is complete. <laughs> <laughs> They're at like this house in the forest and they have sex like on a bunch of paint. Oh, it's a great scene. That is after. Really. That's after the um, Court of Nightmares. It is? Yes. I, we have to reread this book. Well, I don't know if I can wait another five months to go through it again. It's, we gotta, we gotta take it four chapters at a time. Then <laughs> <laughs> it'll be easier because it's not Agatha where everyone's annoying. <laughs> um, all right. So, what's your? Let's talk about really quick the your favorite like situational scene tropes rather than like overarching book tropes because uh. we can't leave without talking about like being stuck in an elevator because i fucking love it okay when people get stuck in an elevator i'm like oh my god this is gonna be the best the forks proximity yeah so i mean i love it when like usually in a fantasy novel sometimes it's in like a uh uh, contemporary when the main character gets hurt somehow is hurt emotionally <laughs> physically and then comes back to the love interest and love interest is like what's wrong and she's like oh it's nothing like i i fell down no who did this to you <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna hunt them down <laughs> i'm gonna kill them and it's like <laughs> Usually it's paired with like a hate to love kind of thing. And like you kind of see like, oh, wait, they have Yeah, it's feelings. like finally they have feelings. Yes. <laughs> um, that is my favorite. I always get so giddy when that happens. <laughs> when the elevator happens, like it's the moment where they're finally like forced to confront their feelings or like they finally talk after avoiding each other. Like. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. When they got stuck in an elevator on Crazy Ex Girlfriend, oh I gosh. had the I can, those giddy. Were we watching it together? <laughs> I, I think feel like so. we might have been. And I got so excited! I was like, oh my god, they're gonna kiss! <laughs> I feel like they might have had sex in the elevator. And Mindy Kaling, like Mindy Kaling on the the Mindy show. Mm-hmm. Wait, what is it the called? The Mindy Project. It's the Mindy Project. Oh my gosh. 
the moment where they got stuck in an elevator was so gratifying because these characters hadn't talked for so long and it was just and of course in my books i'm not even going to say which one if you haven't read but there's an elevator <laughs> scene and it's my favorite <laughs> um also love a bet and oh. we see this in how to lose a guy in 10 days yep. we see this at the beginning of between like a bet mm -hmm. it's a great way to start out a hate to love relationship mm -hmm. or any relationship <laughs> we love a game here <laughs> um i'm gonna skip this one because i already talked about it okay and this one kind of goes okay so i oh my god <laughs> accidentally seeing each other naked <laughs> is one of my favorites like the proposal there, there was some or or uh it, it is usually like a, another hate to love. The proposal scene is so funny mm -hmm. every time. Every time. I get so giddy every time I watch that scene. Um, yeah, I just, I, I love, they do it a lot in, in kind of TV and movies. Um, and you know when it's about to happen. And I get like really good. I can't really think of another situation where that is. I can think of one. There's it also happens in like one bed or like maybe she's like gone to uh, like to bed or something. Anyways, what what what's your other situation? My okay. So well, this happens in Friends like early on where they like accidentally see like oh yes I think each other naked and and like it doesn't really pay off in a romantic way till way down the line. Um, but okay, Friends actually has one of my favorite friends to lovers of all time, oh. and that's Chandler and Monica. Yeah, like basically season um let me see season five is like a whole romance novel like season five and six are mm -hmm. my favorite it's when they're getting together and like monica's drunk i also like this like one character oh, will yes. get drunk and, and then, then like they'll admit their feelings or they'll like kind of be attracted to each other and be like why not and then they're like oh shit we really like each other after mm-hmm <laughs> And, like, that's what kind of happens with Monica. Like, she gets really drunk and she, like, wants to have just sex. But she ends up with Chandler. And then the next morning they're like, whoa, that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, keeping their romance a secret. Oh, I love keeping the romance a secret if they're both on board mm -hmm. for it to be a secret because they don't want anyone's two cents. Like, when one's keeping it a secret, it's dickish. When they're yes. both keeping it a secret, it's the most mm -hmm. fun. <laughs> um, Chandler and Monica's romance is, like, actually one of my favorite things of all time. Like, now I'm just remembering, like, all these amazing moments. Like, when they're keeping it a secret and he accidentally kisses her when he was saying goodbye in front of everyone. And he's like, oh, oh yeah. um, <laughs> this is just how I say goodbye now. And he, like, kisses Phoebe <laughs> right after europe and monica's like oh he just picked it up in europe <laughs> that's hilarious wait I, i'm sorry this is totally a left field but another one of my favorite love triangles <laughs> is the host oh my god i love that love triangle it's so but good i'm shipping her with like isaac so much what was his name like the other one 
Max Irons. Okay, okay. What's so interesting about the host, though, is that there's two people in one person. Yes. And one of them, Wanda's in love with, like, Ian. Ian. Mm -hmm. And uh, Melanie's in love with... Jared. 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 Oh, my God. That one's amazing. Yes. Because, like, everyone, you feel for everyone, and, like, they only have one body to share. And And then she's like, can you go away for a while so I can be with... Wait. Yes, it's so good. Oh my god, it's gut wrenching in the best way. Mm-hmm. Again, Stephanie Meyer's best book, so underrated. And I'm sad, like the movie wasn't amazing, so like not everyone thinks it's amazing, but it's so good. I need to reread that. I yeah, I want to reread it too. Maybe that's the one we'll reread. <laughs> I was just gonna say, should we reread that? Like, yeah. Every time I read that book, I get so emo and cry like like in the Mm -hmm. best way like it hurts in the best way Mm -hmm. (gasps) oh my god okay we have (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh do we want to go through skip this. this can we do this one yeah can we do okay okay let's just quick touch on our least favorite like break up the couple in book two because i have so much rage for Mm. breaking up the couple in book two and my least favorite now like this one was emo the first time i saw it happen and now i'm like fuck amnesia i don't want to ever see the character get amnesia and then not be in love with the other character it hurts so much Mm -hmm. and i don't want them to have to fall in love all the fuck over again Mm -hmm. yeah so that's really frustrating (laughs) it's just a very frustrating type of situation because like Obviously, there has to be some tension that happens. And I honestly kind of loathe going into a second book being like, okay, are they going to break up the character just so that we can move the story along? Like, is this going to be a plot device? Like, can we just not use use something else for a plot device? Um, Yeah. The big thing here is miscommunication. Yeah. It's the worst. I hate that fucking trope. It's terrible. But it happens. So it's okay because it has to happen sometimes. But just a chapter is what i like and then the next chapter we're past it not a whole book not i'm gonna murder that book Uh Uh (laughs) uh-huh uh-huh like um go ahead no i I was gonna move on to my next one okay go ahead okay the next one is like lying or betrayal which is just like that should be the end of the relationship honestly unless they can work past it but because I was just rewatching Bridgerton season one and why we like my friend and I were sewing together and we're like, ah, this is like the good part. Like they're friends and like they're having a good time. And then there's the big lie and they get together and they don't know what's going on with each other and they're not being truthful. And then, and then it it's comes not out. Even not being truthful. It's so annoying in Bridgerton season one because he's literally just not, wanting kids because he swore to his father as like yeah vengeance and his dad would rather die yeah his dad has passed so he can have a kid now it wouldn't affect his dad like he's gone he already told him he's not gonna have it so Mm -hmm. he kind of got that that revenge because his dad thought that he wasn't going to have one it's very prideful yeah it's very prideful it's very pride and prejudice that first season the way he acts I feel yes. like he's very stuck up sometimes in that same way. I'm like, mm-hmm. shut up, Simon. <laughs> um, but yeah, they have, she thinks that he physically can't have children. 
And yes. he, because he says, like, I can't give you kids. But he's mm-hmm. just not having kids. He, like, pulls out all the time when they have sex. And since they don't teach the women anything about sex, she doesn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So annoying. It's very sad. Yeah. Anyway, I also hate... I'm doing this for you. Mm. I'm breaking up for your own good. I'm not good for you. <laughs> I'm not good. <laughs> not good. I was um, a good kid. <laughs> <laughs> Our new moon commentary is coming. I'm going to put that out this week. Um, but yeah, I hate it so much. You know what? Like really subver- So if you have like a trilogy and it's young adult in the second book, they're going to break up. Usually you can count mm-hmm. on that. And yep. I hate it. So what really subverted this for me was the good girl's guide to murder. I was really nervous because I really love the relationship in it that in the second one, they were going to have to break up, but they didn't. They were just together the whole time and it was fucking great. They're supportive and amazing. So I still, I still highly recommend the Good Girl's Guide to Murder audiobooks, so fucking good. Okay. Relationship is great. The murder, so good. <laughs> I just realized another thing I'm very specific about in my hate to love is when the character. This is in Pride and Prejudice when the character overhears the main character overhears a love interest saying something really mean about them. Wrong. And it, yeah. Wrong. Yeah. I hate that. And it's just like your heart, just like oh, I hate him. And then like, I hate that trope of misunderstanding something that you overheard. Yes, but I, but yeah, it has to be like a really short period of time. Yes. And then yes, then mm-hmm. it's okay. Mm-hmm. But like when they stretch it out, I want to murder everything. Yep. Like, and like it could be done well too. Like in Bridgerton, she overhears him being an asshole, and he's just actually being an asshole. Yes, <laughs> it's great. In the second one, season yes. two. All right, we are going to move on to Mary Kiss Clip. This has been so much fun. I've talked about so much. Okay, my voice Mary hurts from like Clip. screaming. Me too. Me too. All right, it's my turn for Mary Kiss Cliff. Mary Kiss Cliff. Mary Kiss Cliff. All right, so we have the Batmans. Ooh. Batman. Christine, give me your best Batman. Batman. Oh, that's good. Batman. I'm Batman. All right, so we have <laughs> Ben Affleck Batman. We have R. Pat's Batman, and we have Christian Bale Batman. Christine, who are you marrying? Who are you kissing? Who are you clipping? Oh, my God. Well, I'm obviously going to marry R. Pat's Batman. Like, really? It doesn't even feel like an option to like marry either of the others. Like, They feel like olds to me. Interesting. <laughs> and also R. Pat's like, I know. the dream. The dream. <laughs> um, yeah. As people, like I, as their characters, am I, am I thinking they're, they're Batman characters or like they're, you're they're thinking they're Batman who, characters. Oh. Yeah. That's why I said interesting. <laughs> uh, well, I don't like the thing is we don't even know our pets as a Batman character. He's just like a bat. Like he has no personality. <laughs> I uh, fine. I'll marry Christian Bale Batman, even though I feel weird about it because he's old. And then our pets Batman uh, F and then Ben Affleck Batman Cliff. Sorry. <laughs> 
Hello, Dr. Smile Friend. <laughs> okay, so I'm actually going to marry Ben Affleck Batman. Because I feel like I like his personality more. He's, He's better. Does he have one? Martha is my mom. It's all I remember. <laughs> we have the same named moms. <laughs> um. Yeah, I like Ben Affleck Batman best. I, yes. As far as marrying marriage material. Now I'm going to cliff Christian Bale Batman because... I could care less about him. And I'm going to... You don't like a billionaire playboy philanthropist? They're all billionaire playboy philanthropists. They don't really feel like it except for Christian Bale. And then I'm definitely just going to kiss our F. Our Pat's Batman. Like the whole scene with him and Catwoman. Mm, I love it. <laughs> I like that scene too. It's like my favorite one in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right, we're going to move into chapter chat where we are in the final dregs of A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. Chapters 42 and 43 today. I just have so many notes. Want to start us off with chapter 42? <laughs> like, how am I going to get through this? Okay, so this, so chapter 42 is, a, is the last night before Feyre has her last trial. And she's in the throne room or whatever where they're dancing. And she's just like waiting. She's like, okay, well, Reese has someone on his lap. I really want to drink so that I don't, I can't remember anything. And then all of a sudden there's this crisp, warm presence Smell. next to her. <laughs> She smells Tamlin. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, could it be? Could it, could be, it be? him? <laughs> I'm see it as like a musical. He just like brushes her fingers and walks away. Yeah. And then like he like he like looks back and beckoning her to follow. He like, just like, yeah. This is the thing with his head where it's like, come on, follow me. Yes. Follow me to the It's very Bella telling Edward to follow her to the meadow. Oh. <laughs> So isn't it Edward? Oh yeah, she like walks by and she's like, "I'm gonna tell you what you are." So they go into a room and they just start like brutally making, making out. out after they haven't spoken this entire time. No dialogue, just like Nothing. groping each other immediately. Mm-hmm. Like this dark room. Yeah, she's like, I, I, I mean, basically they were like about to have sex because. She's like, I want him. I want him right now. That's what she said. Yes. And like he bit her neck and like (gasps) was just grasping her everywhere. Also, mind you, she's got all that paint and then just that flimsy little dress Yes, the paint. And she like hooks her leg around him. And then Rysand opens the door and he's like, what is going on No, he says, shameful. Look what you've done to my pet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but like. In his head, right hand's like, I've worked so fucking hard to yeah. organize this shit so that we can get out of here. And these two bozos are about to blow <laughs> it right before the finish line by, like, getting in trouble with Aramantha. And then she's not going to be able to do the last task because they're going to be murdered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, and, like, Tamlin just 
is a good boy. Doesn't think about anything. No, he doesn't. And he like buckles his belt or or he recent goes, be a clever high lord and buckle your belt before you go out there. And Pharaoh's like, uh, he's listening to him. He does not do anything. What the heck? We just made out. I haven't even talked to him for like three months. And then Maybe he leaves. spoken in your one moment alone. Yeah, basically, this is a chapter where, like, kind of resand his walls are coming down, and you're seeing that he's actually doing. The, we all know he's doing this for a good. He's trying reason. to do the right thing. Yeah, he's trying to do it. And like, the paint vanishes from from Tamlin's hands, and then Tamlin says, "Like he loves." Uh, he, he he whispers, "I love you" to to Feyre. Not like he, why didn't he do that in the beginning? I picture it like, "I love you," <laughs> and then like stalks away with his head down. <laughs> Yes, and so of course, Feyre's mad and admonishes, or she gets admonished by Reese, and then he, she's like pig, and then he pins her arms to the wall and tells her that she's so stupid, and his wings start to rise, and he's she's asking him like, why does he care so much? And he gets so angry, and he goes, why do you think I care? And so I'm like what was he gonna say was he gonna say like they're faded i don't know he knows that he cares i mean like he knows that there's something going on between them but she does not know (laughs) yes but he also really cares because literally the fate of their whole kingdom rests in her dumb hands (laughs) we're just groping tamlin and like a second, any second, he's like, Aramantha's going to walk in here. And, and of course she does. Guys. And she does, like, 10 seconds later with Tamlin. Yeah. And, like, everyone else is behind her. And this is, like, the first time that Reese and Favorite kiss because he has to cover up the fact that she was stupid. And she's got yeah. all those smudges all over her body. And uh... so he kisses her and she's like, stop it but he's like you have to let me do this (laughs) um and then when aramantha comes in she's like i knew that's what happened Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh he sends favor to her cell like right away he's like i tire of you (laughs) go to your cell and then he appears in the cell and she's like what are you doing here and he's like she wants to quiet just shut up He calls Amarantha a bitch and that he's that she's running him rancid as he serves her. And so so I can imagine only like right after that kiss that Amar- the Amarantha saw that she was like, well, I'm going to put you in your place like you, you know, yeah, this is where you belong is in my bedroom as my whore. Yeah. And he's just like everything's kind of like it's reached a tipping point for him. He's like tired of putting on a facade. Mm -hmm. He's tired of having to like pretend all the time. And the only person he can talk to about it is Feyre because everyone else, like he can't trust them. And he needs to, again, like put on this, like I'm an evil bastard sort of persona. Yeah. So he gets kind of candid with her. Um, and kind of, he shares some truths about what will happen if she breaks the curse the next day. And that that's what he's hoping for that. If he, if she breaks the curse and she finishes this trial that she's, he's hoping that Tamlin is just so angry that he's just going to slaughter Amarantha and pull her apart because his powers will be. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then she's like, well, what, well, well, what happens if he turns to you? Well, he's like, well, the only 
thing that is keeping me safe is the fact that I'm not using you as if Amaranth is using me. I'm, you know, keeping you safe. Like, why do you think I only, you know, Touch I put your waist? Yeah. yeah. He was like, I would have loved to enjoy you, but <laughs> I need to prove to Tamlin that I am doing this for the right reasons. Yes. And we also found out that Rhysand's dad killed Tamlin's dad and brothers. And yeah. that the only reason why Amarantha is using him as a whore or whatever um, is to make Reese suffer the consequences of his father. Like because she was friends with oh, Tamlin's dad. With them. Yeah, but they were dickheads. Yeah, well, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only thing I have here is that Feyre realizes Reese is keeping her alive oh, yeah. and gets him to admit he did have to bar that he didn't have to bargain with her. Yeah, so she she starts to realize that like, despite you know whatever fucked up things he was doing was all for the right reasons like he's just trying to get them out of here in his own weird way he's doing the right thing and trying to save her and get keep tamlin on his side mm. because when they get their powers back they're all gonna need to work together to get out of here yes okay so that brings us to chapter 43 the third task and so the third task, Aramantha brings Feyre out and she's like, Feyre, dear, you have to murder these three Fey, and they all have hoods over their heads and she has to murder them all in cold blood. There's an ashen stake in front of all of them for her to use to stake them through the heart. And everyone's watching and of course she is completely torn because she has to be a murderer, but like the weight of Perinthian is on her shoulders. Like if she doesn't do this, she doesn't free everybody. So she has to fulfill it because mm -hmm. she still doesn't know the fucking answer to the riddle. Mm -hmm. We haven't even heard about the riddle again. Like she hasn't even thought about it. Mm -mm. So, um, she kills the first one. It's, they take the hood off before she actually murders him. And it's like a young Fay teen. And he's, he's like, like, don't begging do it. For his no, life. please. And she kills him. And then the next one is a fae woman and she's like, just free me, send me to heaven or whatever, something like that. Uh, release me. And she kills that person. And then like, so next to Aramantha is Tamlin as usual, but then they take off the hood of the third person and it's Tamlin. Mm -hmm. And she looks over at the other Tamlin and he it's just a mirage and it's actually the adder that's been sitting next to Aramantha. Mm -hmm. And Aramantha's like, ha 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 to break the curse. You have to like, you didn't have any problems killing the other Faye who was like a random and she needed to kill him to live. <laughs> like she thought it was an animal Yeah. anyway. Um, so now it's come full circle and she has to kill the Faye that she fell in love with after like, so she hated Faye. Then she realized that Faye are just like people and they fell in love. And now she has to murder the Faye that she fell in love with. And what a it's conundrum. either, it's a whole conundrum. And she's like, I'm being so poetic. Like that's what Aramantha thinking. And she's like making sure that Jurian, the human that killed her sister is watching by like holding up her hand so he could see. Um, and in this moment, she like, thinks about how there's part of the curse that they couldn't tell her and she's trying to figure out what it is and she realizes that listen. all those times 
listen, all those times she was eavesdropping, they wanted her to eavesdrop. That was their mm. way of getting around the curse. So they weren't like super dumb and didn't hear her. Like <laughs> they wanted her to hear these things. And all these times they make references of like, for someone with a heart of stone, you have this about Tamlin. And it turns out she's realizing that like he must actually have a literal heart of stone and that's how she controls their magic like their hearts are stone so their like whole magic isn't there and he can't be killed because his heart is stone and so he realizes that she realizes this and he like smiles at her almost like a faint smile mm. like oh she knows she figured it out and she stabs him and that is the end of the chapter and this is legitimately the first time that i was like oh man <laughs> i know we need to start the next chapter <laughs> me too <laughs> so she does say i love you and then stabs him did you oh, say that oh yeah i love you yeah yeah, yeah. and then also reese's face goes pale when he realizes that it's tamlin under the hood obviously because yeah but then my thought is that the way that they are keeping the high lord's power is through this their stone hearts now now, does everyone have a a heart of stone and why would resan's face go pale or is it just tamlin whose heart is of stone i think for a minute um I think they all have it if that's the way that they're because they can't because controlling the magic. Reese said that earlier that they can't access or Amarantha can't access the power, and I think it's because yeah, it's trapped inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I took from like Rysan's face going pale was that he was like, I don't know if she's going to do it because Mm. she felt so like. Uh, just thrown back she stumbled True. back when she saw his face yeah. and he was like oh fuck I, it, we're not gonna she's not gonna do it because it took her a couple minutes of thinking and like realizing that she can do it he's not gonna die mm-hmm. and I, I by that point she's not looking over at him anymore she's like looking at tamlin yeah, and being like true. oh i know so i'm thinking like for a moment he was like fuck everything's gonna go to shit because she's not gonna be able to kill tamlin and blah 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 um so that's how we end. We have three more chapters left. Um, so we're going to finish the book next finish episode. It. Yeah. <laughs> next episode, we're finally finished a chapter. So it'll be episode 30. Look at that. Wow. 30 episodes it took. <laughs> 30 episode reread. <laughs> um, that is our episode today. We are going to record Fangirl Tea Time, which is available on our Patreon. And we're going to be talking about which romance trope we'd want to experience in our own life and how we think that would go in reality <laughs> versus how it would go in a book. I think that's going to be a fun. Um, yeah. And again, like you can find that on Patreon. And if you become a patron, you'll unlock all the Fangirl Tea Times, which will be a real fun um listen and um that our show is edited by alex polos and jake needham the music is by cole jenkins with vocals by heather traska uh we are on instagram as those forking fangirls we are on twitter as fork fangirls pod so if you want to follow us over there you'll always be notified when there's a new show out and um we release episodes every friday i'm christine i'm natasha (laughs) We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.